Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I am your host, Judy Como. I'm here in our wonderful station at St. Mary's Catholic Center in Bryan, Texas, where it gets more difficult every day to find a way to get in here, but that's okay. We made it today, didn't we, Thaddeus? We sure did, Judy. I mean, that construction just rolls on. That's right. One day a road is open, and the next day that street's closed. I got lucky. You got a detour. Got lucky. Got one of these spots right here. It's kind of like one of those, you know, adventure stories. You just have to find your your way a, a new way every you day. You just never know, but that's okay. Progress is good. And so we're coming good. to our folks here in the BCS Herm right Bryan College Station, KEDC eighty-eight point five FM. We have listeners. All over Central Texas, KYAR 98.3 FM in Waco, Central Texas. And we welcome our Palestine listeners at KINF 107.9 FM. Handy dandy little note written in Thaddeus's wonderful, perfect handwriting that I kind of have a little envy of, but that's okay. I want to start off the you show. You have so many other good sparkling qualities well, I that I okay, don't have. I have an okay handwriting, but you, and it's always kind of in that I? mark. Is it a flare? Is it a flare marker? Yes, flare felt tip marker mm-hmm. pen. I, I, that's probably my favorite pen. <laughs> it it shines well. It shines well. Former uh, academic, sorry. I want to uh, tell our listeners right away that our guest at the next part of the show is Jennifer Stavanoha, but she's here already, I'm and here. we're going to uh, let her talk about an upcoming event in a few minutes, but I want to start off the program um, asking for the intercession of our saints of the day, Saints Cosmos and Damien. Uh, pray for us. Um, come on, little phone. There you go. Saints Cosmos and Damien. Uh, They were two brother physicians uh, trained in Syria, and the brothers accepted no payment for their services, and their charity brought many people to Christ. Um, Our show later on is going to be learning how to bring more people to Christ, and Jennifer and I are going to talk about that. Um, I would suppose if a doctor cured me in the name of Christ and didn't charge me, that would be a hook, perhaps. Right. (laughs) Well, welcome here, uh, Jennifer. And uh, jump right on in anytime uh, I give you a second. If it looks like I'm taking a breath, maybe that would be it. But um, (laughs) (laughs) um, they were martyrs, and uh, many fables grew up about the brothers connected to their ability of their relics to heal. So their ministry lives on. Um, They are the patronage of blind people against blindness, against or relief of pestilence. Never knew that. Well, I mean, I hear Cosmos and Damien. I feel like all the time, right, at mass. But I don't really know much about them. Well, but now I do. Thank you. They're in the uh, the canon. Question. Yeah. Yes. You said pestilence. Now, can I invoke? Can I invoke their intercession when my children are being pests? Does that fall <laughs> under pestilence? Hmm. I'm sure they'll still pray for you. <laughs> first thing came to mind was the love bug. 
you know, when we have that love bug season and mm. oh, those are the, uh, yeah. remember when I moved to Texas and I encountered those for the first time. I know. Then, I used to rip them apart. I kind of still do. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that I was driving along saying Saints, Cosmos, and Damien, pray for me. Get these bugs off of the front. So we, um, you know, this is an awesome little app I have on my phone, the Laudete app that has yes, a saint of the yes, day. Yes, And um, I wanted to, I love the saints of the day, and I try to find that out every day so I can use that as part of my intercessory prayer. But uh, We should another, get the developer of Laudate on to for a show just to talk about everything that you can do with that thing. There's so there much so on that much app. There. And then how many times That's do you incredible. say, oh, if you just use this app and someone will tell you something about it. And I was like, I've been using this for three years. I yeah. didn't know that. No, on there, there's like this this uh, St. Bridget prayer or St. Mm-hmm. Bridget, all this stuff. And I was like, wow, what is this? I had no idea. Like Catholic faith is just deeper than I thought. And you, I can, know it. you can bookmark anything that you find in there. You know, you can, there's a little bookmark section. So anything you find in there, you can pull out and save and have kind of a yeah. curated list of your best things that you and like to read. There's an audio version of the reflection that yeah. you can click on and listen to. Didn't know about that. It's a really, perfect. really outstanding yes. aid. What I'm most excited to talk about the Saints is because we have such a wonderful Saints connection with our upcoming benefit. Indeed we do. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. Uh, Pretty neat that we get to have it on All Saints Day this year, November 1st. That's a Thursday. It's going to start at 7 p.m. Now, the reason it's starting at 7 p.m. is because there's going to be All Saints Day Mass at St. Thomas Aquinas beforehand at 6 o'clock. So we're you know, inviting people to come to St. Thomas Aquinas for, for Mass that day and then just walk on over to the uh, Parish Activity Center there at St. Thomas, get yourself a beer, start having some little uh, finger foods and socializing with people, and, and we'll soon have dinner after that. And then uh, our keynote speaker... Let's talk about Tom. ...is Tom Peterson, mm-hmm. the president of Catholics Come Home. You might be familiar with Catholics Come Home through their TV commercials that have aired on the Super Bowl, uh, probably the Football National Championship, World yeah. Series. And he was a speaker you know, at big, the... Big, big times on At on the American men's conference TV. last year uh, that y'all... Yes, that's where, we, that's where we first discovered him, heard him speak. Very... Um, he's got a kind of a motivational speaker um, side to his presentation. Not to the... Heights of Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, who we had last year. I don't know if anybody can go you know, that intense. When he pulls that rosary of yeah. bullets yeah. out of his pocket, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, he was outstanding. Shout out to uh, Deacon Harold if he's, if he, wherever he is, um, much, much love to him. Um, but Tom's going to come and talk to us about, uh, and this isn't, this is a nice connection. What I think you're going to be discussing mm-hmm. uh, today, Jennifer, is just small ways that you can take that step from um, you can get out outside of yourself and actually engage with somebody, right, per, yeah. give them something to um, maybe start them on the the road to the church or or back to the church. Mm-hmm. Um, just giving them uh, love, hope. Um, 
joy. Yeah. If they're in a if they're in a crisis moment or in a moment of difficulty or or despair, uh, re- reaching out to them on a human on a human level mm-hmm. um, f- from your from your Catholic your Catholic faith, and and he's going to present that as um, those are means for all of us to become saints. And I mean, that's what mm-hmm. we're all called to do. You know, that universal call to holiness. That's our first, that's our universal vocation. Right. Absolutely. Um, and so our benefit theme is? Our benefit theme is is the saints. We're going to celebrate the saints. We're going to be pulling out some well-known saints, obviously, but we're going to be showcasing some, you know, lesser known. Oh my gosh, that is my favorite. But lesser Finding known saints. <laughs> lesser known saints that you just hear about and you're like, what? They did this thing? Like, who was it? St. Dennis that like preached the gospel and then they cut off his head and then he walked like a mile or so with his holding his head. <laughs> Amazing. We did that I, with like some high schoolers once, like told that story and they're like, what? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't believe this is a saint. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, and Father Ryan Higdon, uh, he had a he had a homily one time where he talked about you know find yourself a, a secret saint, a saint that mm. nobody knows about, because they're they're probably not getting a lot of intentions. So they'll give all your all their focus to you. Uh, it was a little tongue in cheek, but it, it illustrated <laughs> an important point about um, invoking the the saints. So, uh, who's your patron saint? My patron saint is Saint Jude Thaddeus. The patron of uh, difficult, impossible cases. Nice. Which, you know, did you know that there's a female equivalent to that intercession? And it is. And that's Saint Rita. Saint Rita. Oh, I Cassio. knew that. I and did. She know has that. an amazing. She has an amazing story as well. I was at Saint Rita's church in Albuquerque, mm-hmm. somewhere not Flagstaff, Arizona. I flew into Albuquerque. Must have took a wrong turn in Albuquerque. <laughs> Had to say that. Uh, so I learned, got a prayer card from her and read a whole lot more. I, I knew that she, I had asked her intercession before, but really didn't know as much about it. And your patron saint? Okay, so I have not just one patron saint. Okay, so my, my patron saint for my like confirmation, confirmation. patron saint is St. Helena of the Cross. And I honestly just picked her because, oh, this is cool. Like she found the real cross of Jesus by, you know, bring a bunch of lepers. Let's all touch the, like all these crosses that we find in in Jerusalem, oh, at this cross, everyone touches, everyone's healed. This must be Jesus' cross. That's a true. Mm. That's a cool story. So I, I picked her, not really like knowing much about her, um, but she's the pa- she's one of the patronesses of converts. And what I found just kind of going through high school and college, and then afterwards, that I really kind of had a heart for people who were wanting to convert to Catholicism or, you know, seeking or even Protestants that were just like wanting to know the truth. And I kind of saw her patronage come out, you know, in me a little bit. Um, But I actually have a posse of saints. I like, I mean, I called them my posse. Okay, I don't have a name for mine, but... uh, So in my saint posse, obviously, St. Helena is there. Uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, St. John of the Cross, uh, St. Therese of Avila... Um, St. Padre Pio. Who else is in my posse? His feast day was Sunday. I know. Happy feast day, Padre Pio. Um, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Thomas More, uh, St. Paul. That's my posse. Wow. Yeah. And <laughs> that's a wow. You know, using that term posse, now that sounds, it's got a little bit of kind of an urban hip 
overtone to it, but it's actually very apropos for saints because that's a Latin term, actually, which a posse was just a group of citizens or uh, who were given legal authority to go and apprehend some evildoer or no carry idea. out justice <laughs> against some criminal. I mean, so, I call them my posse because they look out for me and they're, I mean, oh, Mother Mary, I'm sorry, Mother Mary. Uh, She's in that too. <laughs> specifically, specifically, um, Mary, Queen of Angels, specifically mm-hmm. for oh. me. But yeah, they're my posse. They look, they look after me. They uh, intercede for me. Oh my gosh, St. Anthony. St. Anthony finds me parking spots, which I found a parking spot me today. Me too today. <laughs> me too today. Yes, I uh, have increased my devotion to St. Anthony. Grew up at St. Anthony's, and now that we have the relic there. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I really had always said my circle of friends, but I'm gonna. I might have to hijack Do that. Do it. Hey, can I thing, jump back but, uh, in with a one? And other... I want to mention Saint Veronica as my patron saint. So. Yes. Yeah. So all of these saints, saint, saint, all these saint, holy saint. men and women, we we asked their intercession to make this benefit dinner an extremely extremely successful event. Um, I want to remind our listeners that we are we are still uh, running a monthly deficit. We're still at about $2,400 a month um, operating budget deficit. We had enormous generosity over the spring and the summer. We went from 3500 in the hole to only $2,400. So, but we want to get that down to a big, fat, well, actually thin, <laughs> zero, <laughs> right? Patron so, seat of zeros. Right. So we would from red ink to we black. would very, very much like people to come to this benefit dinner and sign up as a monthly supporter. And I've said this before, and I've, I'll say it again. If we can get a posse of five dollar a month subscribers, that will make a difference. That will make a difference. It doesn't have to be a, a huge monthly giving amount. What you can manage, what you can give. Uh, with joy and and purpose is is what matters. So please register for the benefit. Go to redsearadio.org slash benefit. Tickets are $25 a person for individual general admission seating. Table reservations start at $500. We've got some awesome supporters already who have registered for tables. We are still looking for that big time $5,000 table registration, table sponsor. Someone Mm -hmm. step up to the plate. Could love that. Um, One thing I also want to mention in the last week, I have talked to someone just this morning, my cousin from Navasota. Hey, what are you doing? I have my program today at Red Sea Catholic Radio. I can't get it in my car and I said, we mm. have an app. All you have to do is download our free app, and you can listen to live programming anywhere in the world. And it is a great tool of evangelization. So if you can hear our voice right now, and you have a conversation of, I heard this on <laughs> Patrick Madrid this morning, and someone is like, I can't get that. Yes, you can. Yep. Yes, you can. And all that came together last year at our benefit. So we have lots and lots of information that we're going to talk about. It's going to be a great party. I go to a lot of benefits here in Bryan College Station, but there is no fun like at Red Sea Catholic Radio's benefit. It's a blast. And when you're in a room full of like-minded people and the spirit, there may be some other spirits, but I mean, alcohol, not, uh, <laughs> eek. boy, that came Got out it. wrong, but that's okay. Uh, turned that back around. So 
Benefit, November the 1st, St. Thomas Aquinas. RedSeaRadio.org slash Benefit. Website. can get lots and lots of information. We want to see you there. Don't delay. Let's get those going. Let's get let's get those reservations rolling in as we're approaching the beginning of October. We're just a little bit over a month away. Yes, going to be a blast. Going to be a blast. Okay, so uh, here at St. Mary's tomorrow night. Got it. Magnify Thursday, September twenty seventh. It kicks off at eight p.m. in the church. They have brought in an outstanding theologian from the Augustine Institute in Denver, which is really establishing a, a reputation for oh, itself. Yeah. Uh, Douglas, Douglas Bushman, Dr. Douglas Bushman, and he will be speaking um, at some point in the evening along with there being adoration, prayer, praise, and inspiration. So we invite... St. Mary's, that's open to anyone in the community. You don't have to be a student to come to Magnify. wonderful evening, wonderful evening. Please, please consider uh, working it into your to your Thursday. That's at 8 p.m. Great. This weekend uh, is Texas Reds Wine and Steak Festival. Not really promoting the festival, but I am promoting that St. Anthony's Youth Group is selling parking spaces as a fundraiser. Uh, we're just a few blocks from the festival from downtown and you can come by and have a great parking spot and get to help support our St. Anthony's youth group. I say our because that is my home parish, yes. but uh, it is a a great way to help out our, our St. Anthony's youth. And I also want to talk about, um, we have some great PSAs going on our station right now that is promoting this, but since it's next Saturday, um, you are cordially invited to a Franciscan Day of Reflection uh, entitled Living a Balanced Life. That's uh, October the 6th, again at St. Anthony's Catholic Church in downtown Bryan from 9 to 2. Uh, lunch will be provided. We have a link on our website to it, uh, but you can RSVP to Arms of Francis. Wow, that's a lot of letters in a email address. Arms of Francis F O at gmail.com by October the 4th. Um, another opportunity, if you want some reflection, we have lots of opportunities for reflection, evening of re- reflection. Save the date for a beautiful evening of reflection coming your way Thursday. October the 11th from 7 to 9 p.m. at St. Joseph's Catholic Church. There will be talks, mass, and opportunity for reconciliation brought to you by Regnum Christi. Uh, It's going to be awesome. Love, love, love them. But the purpose of having Jennifer here a little earlier is for her to talk about an upcoming retreat. Yeah, so... Um, I'm here to talk about the Born in the Spirit retreat. Um, This is a retreat that technically St. Joseph's is hosting, and we will be, our retreat will start um, October the 19th. It goes from the 19th through the 21st, from Friday to Sunday. Um, So this retreat uh, will begin at, or dinner will begin at 6 p.m. It's at Forest Glen Retreat Center in Huntsville. Um, If you can't make it for dinner at 6 p.m., it's okay. The retreat itself actually starts at seven. So I, I know people will need to get off of work and, you know, drive out to Huntsville. It's, you know, hour and a half or so. Um, but so this retreat, I, I am so excited. Let me tell you, because ever since I've moved here, which, you know, it's been like six years or so, 
Um, I've wanted a retreat like this for this area, and and I, I'm not the only one that that's seen the the need really, the desire. I mean, a lot of people in this area, like we have so many awesome, strong Catholics, and so many amazing ministries, um, so many awesome things that come out of the BCS area. Um, and I was talking with Matt Rice, uh, president of Ablaze Ministries, a, a few months ago, and he was like, you know, this area is just so amazing, but we're we're missing something. What is it that we're missing? And he was like we're missing really like the movement of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit and the experience of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, specifically the gifts that we see in First Corinthians. Uh, and, you know, we see it in little pockets, like, you know, there's kind of like small little communities here and there, but nothing really like if someone is seeking for this, where can they go? They would have no idea where to go. So um, we decided, okay, you know, we're going to, we're going to start this Born in the Spirit retreat which will is for people that are seeking the Holy Spirit in a new way that want to encounter him in a new way. And, you know, and, and it really is kind of for everybody because you can be, you know, cradle Catholic all your life, faithful, you know, receiving the sacraments every week or multiple times a week. And, you know, still want that, that fire, um, that, you know, extra that the Holy Spirit gives that we're all meant to have. Um, and that and the retreat is totally for you if, if that's you or you could be someone that's, you know, brand new to the church or maybe even just seeking um, and not even sure if, you know, the church is for you or you know, Christianity in general is for you. Um, this retreat would be a great place for those that are sincerely seeking. Um, the only thing that you really like need is just to be open and like God says, that's all I need is just a little bit of openness. And he's like, I can take that. I will use whatever bit of openness you give me. And um, I'll, I'll like he he promises that he's going to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask mm-hmm. in Scripture. He says it's, that uh, something very interesting uh, where I would imagine lots of parishes are uh, in, you know, RCIA is just getting started up uh, lots of. High school age are focusing on confirmation and how many times we experience a sacrament and then we go on to learn more, right. more about it. We experience it. You experience your baptism, of course, and then you have that. So right. you, uh, my husband is in the <clears throat> formation for the diaconate and we he received the rite of candidacy, candidacy. And it's they told us very little about it. And we showed up there, and then we were kind of like wowed by what it actually is. And uh-huh. now I've gone on to find out more about it. So the idea that, as you were putting it, you know, day to day, no matter who you are, where you are, yeah. there's always a level of deeper outpouring. Right. And even that, even if you're somebody that has received the Holy Spirit in this powerful way, I mean, God has more to give, you know, mm-hmm. like like the the amount of... I guess, Holy Spirit that we've received is like dependent on our openness, really. And God is always wanting to, you know, take us deeper and give us more. But how much are how much are we willing to surrender? How much more are we willing to be open? And it can be scary. Absolutely. Um, But that's okay. God's not going to let us drown. (laughs) He's never let us drown. So, um, yeah. Great. Well, give us the details of the retreat again yeah. and some contact information. So and, uh, uh, this retreat, October 19th through 21st, um, it's Friday to Sunday. 
The retreat uh, dinner starts at 6 p.m. We'll meet at Forest Glen Retreat Center in Huntsville. And if you're putting in a GPS, make sure you put Huntsville because it will take you in the opposite direction <laughs> if you don't put Huntsville. So put put down Huntsville. Um uh, dinner will, I mean, uh, yeah, dinner will start at six. Actual retreat starts at seven. We'll be back on Sunday in time for 1130 mass at St. Joseph's. If you want like actual, like, you know, physical, um, information, you can go to the St. Joseph website and it's right there on the front homepage of, uh, St. Joseph church, the born in the spirit retreat. You can click on that link and register. The registration fee is $200. And I, I, I love the way that that Matt put this. He said, "Okay, you know, when we hear that a price for a retreat is two hundred dollars, we kind of think, oh man, that's that's a lot. You know, I don't know if I have enough room for that. But, um, like, how much is our how much is our um, cable bill every month, and how much is our internet bill, and how much are we putting towards all this other stuff monthly? And okay, you know." some of these things we need or, you know, we really thrive with. Um, but then on the flip side, how much am I contributing to my own spiritual life? I mm-hmm. mean, it doesn't even come close. doesn't even yeah. compare. Priceless. No. It, <laughs> we it, could yeah. make a commercial. Absolutely. So um, I really encourage you to uh, sign up on uh, on the website. The deadline is October 7th. If you have any questions, my email is right there on the website, but I can give it to you. Uh, Jennifer Stavinoa, S-T-A-V-I-N-O-H-A at gmail.com. It's right there. Um, and you can ask me questions. Hey, um, can you give me the details again or or who are the speakers or whatever? Um, I'd be happy to answer. Awesome. Very good. So if you uh, still have more questions, you can, we'll probably have a link up shortly to the Red Sea and we'll be back after this break to talk about discipleship. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup, and I, we had such a great conversation going. I failed to mention that we are live, and we would welcome a phone call into 85-LOVE-RED-SEA. That's 855-683-7332. Uh, my guest for the rest of the program is Jennifer Stavanoha. I want to give a shout-out to Kyle Sincooley Music uh, that we listen to Um Great link to all of his music on our Red Sea website also. But uh, Jennifer, welcome again to the second part. Uh, Jennifer and I um, have had many, many conversations about discipleship. Yes, many. (laughs) We had some really wonderful uh, meetings over the summer as we were pulling together a summer program for the Catholicism series and revisited a lot of our conversations mm-hmm. about discipleship and I I consider myself to be an average church goer that hears things and maybe 
ponders it. Maybe I'm probably not average. <laughs> Maybe I'm below, above. Who knows? But it doesn't matter. Things. If you ponder anything you've heard at church, I think you're a little above average. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, uh, I'm happy to just use the word ponder. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ponder. I like it. Uh, but I, uh, discipleship and evangelization is something uh, very dear to my heart. I love being a disciple and I want to be a better disciple mm-hmm. and I want to help other people become, realize our, what our discipleship is. And I think a lot of times we hear things and it doesn't have a definition and yeah. it, even more, we're not told how to do it. Right. We're told through your baptism. Right. Matthew, uh, go therefore, <laughs> make disciples. But Oh my gosh, so that <laughs> that's like kind of one of my pet peeves honestly. Okay, so so <laughs> evangelization and discipleship are like the buzzwords of 2015 mm-hmm. and 2018. Everyone's like evangelization, discipleship. And the new evangelization. In the new evangelization not- and everyone's like, "Yeah, okay. What is that? And how do we how do I evangelize, you know, or how do I disciple? Am I a disciple? Have I been evangelized? Yes. All of that. Everything that you said (laughs) and more times a hundred exponentially. So, uh, Jennifer, tell our listeners, uh, who don't know you as well as I do, a little bit about yourself Mm -hmm. and, um, what really brought us here together to talk about this today. So, um, my name is Jennifer Stavanoa. Um, I, from Houston, I guess, I'm married with a daughter and one on the way. Yay! yay. Um, And I'm here because of the mercy of God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Had a conversion in high school. I I was always cradle Catholic, um, but never really, like definitely had never been evangelized. Uh, Didn't really know God um, personally. And then I had an experience with him in the Eucharist at a Steubenville Youth Conference, and that completely changed my life. And then ever since then, I was really looking for, okay, I've discovered this Jesus person. It felt like kind of on my own because it was really Jesus that revealed himself to me in adoration. So like, now what? Where do I go? Somebody help me. Mm -hmm. And And this was in high school. This was in high school. And I mean, I had an amazing, amazing confirmation director, coordinator, whatever. And she really changed my life. But, you know, there are over 100 kids in my confirmation class. And and she wanted to, you know, give as much as she could to me. But I, what I really needed was like a one-on-one or a small group or something. And I just felt like I searched for that for so long. Um, and then in college, I finally found that, but it was not in the Catholic Church. Um I remained Catholic, but um, a friend of mine, a Protestant Christian, introduced me to his, uh, it wasn't exactly his pastor, it was like the musician at his church who like was very much his spiritual father, and he kind of became my spiritual father, and he's the one that taught me about like how to pray. Like The reason I know how to pray out loud is because of him, you know, the reason I know how to talk to people about Jesus is because of him. It's not because of anybody in the church. And mm-hmm. that's not good. And uh, how old are you? I am 29. Yeah. So um, I'm twice that age and grew up in even a completely, you know, I remember Vatican II. Mm-hmm. I remember when the altar turned around. I remember asking a priest, 
why do I have to wear a chapel veil? Because mm-hmm. I hated it. <laughs> we had some, I have two sisters. We had three dorky, one of them looked like a crown. Uh-huh. And so we would like forget that one at home. Oh, sorry. Quote, forgot unquote, my forget. Uh-huh. And then my mom would bobby pin a Kleenex on your head. Wow. Because <laughs> you had to wear it. Why, right. do, why do I have to wear that? But, and he told me because a woman was meant to come to mass with her head covered and her mouth closed. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I was like, Whoops. oh, my goodness. My mother's like, go get in the car because I know you're about to say something. Yeah. That you're say. But, you know, we had uh, CCD. And uh, the idea, I also learned that I did not know how to pray out loud when yeah. I went to a prayer meeting mm-hmm. in high school, Caldwell High School. Shout out to those wonderful Baptist friends of mine that had a prayer meeting. And I'm like, oh, I. My gosh, I, we learned so much from Protestant, our Protestant oh, brothers yes. and sisters. Yes. I mean, so, I, I uh, like, literally would not be who I am mm-hmm. if it wasn't for them. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, you were at Steubenville? No, this was at oh, Incarnate Word. Okay. I went to University of Incarnate Word for my undergraduate degree, um, which, you know, is not. Super the place to go if you're looking for a solid Catholic um, education, especially if you're studying theology, which I was. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know the state of Catholic universities. Um, And I remember my Protestant friend coming to me my junior year and asking me, I think it's my sophomore year, uh, so why do Catholics pray to saints when Deuteronomy 17 says not to talk to the dead? And I was like, oh, like, I'd never, I didn't know what Deuteronomy 17 said. No one had ever asked me that or told me or whatever. So I went to our campus priest and I asked him that same question and he didn't know the answer either. And he didn't know where to find the answer. And I was like, okay, well, this is a big problem. Mm -hmm. Um, And so actually, so at that point, I was actually a nuclear medicine major. And so at that point, um, I decided, like I started studying more like I started spending more time with studying the Catholic faith and and studying the church than I was an actual like studying physics and chemistry and all that. So I How'd did that work for you. <laughs> no, well, okay, and and it was actually okay because that or at that point I was I was just starting to do rotations at the hospital, and oh my gosh, it was so boring. I could not handle. Shout out to all those of you who are nuclear med techs because. It's hard, and I couldn't do it, so you are amazing. I couldn't do it. And so, like, it was at this time where I was like, I do not want to study this anymore. Don't want to be a nuclear med tech. Um, What should I change my major to? And I was already spending so much time studying theology that, you know, it was like, oh, this kind of makes sense that this is what I would switch to. So I did end up uh, switching to theology, which, um, you know, I— I got into lots of arguments with my professors because I was obviously studying lots on my own and they weren't quite um, orthodox or faithful or I have lots of stories actually about, Mm -hmm. you know, the state of Catholic universities in America. I mean, whatever it is that you've heard out there, it's much worse than whatever it is you've heard. So um, so during that time is kind of when I I guess I kind of, you know, looked for solace in my Protestant friends and and they really they really had this, you know, experience of Jesus and the experience of the Holy Spirit. And they and they tell me about God the Father too, that, you know, I just had never known. And they walked with me and discipled me. And I was able to like put that together with my Catholic faith by it's literally by the grace of God. 
Um, and when, by the time that I graduated, I was like, I need to go to some kind of graduate school in theology from a faithful Catholic university because now things are kind of getting muddled and flipped and switched and what's real and what's true. And I need to know that I need to trust like, I need to trust who is teaching me. Got it. Um, that's when I went to Franciscan <laughs> University of Steubenville, and that was exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. So um, I think there I also sought discipleship, someone to disciple me. And and it kind of came that I ended up really being more of the discipler than anything. I mean, I did have an awesome, awesome spiritual director and a priest that was there and um, a confidant that was one of the sisters. I mean, she was just so instrumental for me. Um, I love her so much. Sister Joan Paul, (laughs) you're amazing. (laughs) But um, yeah, so it's this need to uh, be taught by someone else that you can go to um, it's a real human thing, and Jesus knew about it, mm-hmm. and that's why he had his twelve, that he his apostles, and then he had his three that that were close with him, that walked with him, um, that he shared just a little bit more. Um, he, you know, basically is replicating himself in them, so that they can then go out and then then make disciples, and that has been, you know, what my heart was just so hungry for, and it was just so hard to find anybody that was willing. You know, and um, I mean, if I feel like still, you know, I still like I have a master's in theology. I still hunger for someone to disciple me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like like obviously Jesus is discipling me, but we always need that um, someone to walk with us. So, you know, basic definition here it is of discipleship. What is discipleship? Just someone to walk with you or you walking with somebody else in your relationship with Jesus, keeping you accountable um, sharing with each other, just simple things like sharing a meal. How was your day? How was your week? How's your prayer going? You're struggling. Me too. Let's go to confession, you know, whatever. Um, it's like, it's doing life together. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be anything like we're going to study this curriculum. It can be right. But, um, and that, that's great, but it's just, so simple of just like, let's do life together. Let's hold each other accountable. Um, how are you, you know, just so something simple like that. Mm -hmm. So when you, uh, finished your, uh, master's degree, Mm -hmm. um, what brought you, you came home? So, um, um, yeah, so a a little bit of a complicated story, I guess. So I was, I was still up in Steubenville after I got my master's degree. And, um, at that time, my sister was working for Ablaze Ministries and I was up in Steubenville, and I was helping out with the summer conferences, and I told my sister Sarah, you guys should bring your ministry up to Ohio to go to the Bosco conference. And um, and so they did, and it was, you know, my sister Sarah, Matt Rice, uh, president of Ablaze, Alyssa, who is, uh, she's running the local office, uh, Kyle Turner, and then their new hire, Jeremy Stavanoa, who I eventually married, actually. But um, that's the first time I met Jeremy. <laughs> but um, so they came up and to go to this Bosco conference. And while they were there, you know, in my conversations with Matt, he was like, I want to hire you. I don't know what you would do, but I want you to work for us. Mm-hmm. So I was the first missionary of Ablaze Ministries. I moved down here to Texas, um, ended up like kind of doing lots of different jobs until it was finally clear, like, that I was supposed to be, um, when Ablaze got the uh, campus ministry 
position at St. Joseph's School, it was very clear that's where I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So I was there for about two years. Yeah. And so um, that's where I met you. Yeah. Because uh, youth ministry world here locally youth keeps world. running in and out of each other. And uh, it's a huge blessing in my life. And yes. Thank you for <laughs> all of that. Uh, but as uh, so that was about six years ago. Yes. And but the the. So I, I would like for our conversation to kind of move into our everyday mass. Go, not every day, but let's just say we can. Okay, we're going to Weekly. mass at our Sunday mm-hmm. obligation. Not that it's we can talk about the way you're supposed to go to mass. Right. I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. But um, for the weekends that we hear about discipleship. And a better way for us to um, embrace discipleship, define it mm-hmm. for our parishes yeah. that have X amount of people that attend Mass every weekend. And mm-hmm. how we can just get some nuggets to learn what this companionship, how how we can start making a difference yeah. in our parishes today. Right. So I've seen... Um, and especially in myself, um, that some of the biggest blocks to discipleship is literally yourself. It's like me not wanting to go out and, you know, meet the new person that walks into the church or like me, I see my friends struggling, but I'm also kind of having a hard time. So I don't go pray with them or I don't ask them if I can do anything for them. Um, I'm my biggest roadblock to discipleship. Um, most people, if they're, if they're having a hard time, or even if they're not having a hard time, if you, you know, people, it, it's just human nature that you want to be known. That's just human nature. And, um, when, when someone desires to know you, generally the human thing to do is, you know, you want to share, you want to be known, but you know, you have to be that first person to step out and desire to know someone else first. And um, so that's like the biggest roadblock to um, starting this, you know, getting out of yourself and being okay with sacrificing because you're going to sacrifice. You absolutely are. Um, so this weekend, not this weekend, a couple weekends ago, um, my husband and I went to this conference, the Steubenville Encounter Conference. And um, they had a session in Houston. They had a session on discipleship. And I kind of went thinking like, you know, I've heard so many talks about this. I've heard so many, you know, sessions and conferences or whatever on discipleship, discipleship. We need to do it. We need to do it. (laughs) And nobody gives you like an, okay, teach me how to do this. What, you know, step by step, what do I do? Because I've read so many blogs. You have to do it. You have to do it. And you do. But then when people ask like, well, how... There's nothing. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, I recently joined the Facebook group, Forming Intentional Disciples. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sherry Waddell posts daily as well as Marcel. And it's so disheartening. Mm -hmm. I can hardly read it anymore because they'll have this. It's too big for me. Right. It's too big, this idea of, like, what can I do? It seems so... I can't overcome it. I, what can I do? But I know that I can. Right. That actually reminds yeah. me of a quote by Mother Teresa where she said, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's like if you can't feed 100 people, free, feed one. Yes. You know, and it's it's the same thing. Like, okay, maybe you're not going to be 
uh, preaching to thousands or millions or whatever. I mean, maybe you are. That's awesome. But, you know, maybe you're meant to just love the person that lives next door to you or Absolutely. or sits in that pew next to you, whatever. Um, so one, um, one thing that I really loved about this discipleship workshop that I went to in Steubenville was um, they gave a practical, like some practical things for discipleship. And um, they did a lot of research and actually can share that um, with you. But they did, they did a lot of research. Um, and as a result of this research on discipleship, they came up with some practical, actual steps that we can take. And like, I'm cool. really, I'm Let's really excited it. about it. Okay. <laughs> so, so um, it's the Steubenville Conference office. They saw, okay, you know, we put on these conferences and it's great, you know, conferences, weekend, Jesus, woohoo. And then you go home and then what? You know, bye, have a good life. Good luck oh. with this. <laughs> That's just kind of like the nature of conferences, unfortunately, but it's not good. So um, they were like, okay, well, well we, what we need to do is discipleship, but how do, you, how do we do that? So they go, they went on this, uh, it's like, it was like a year just researching discipleship, and they interviewed dozens and dozens and dozens of organizations, ministries, and churches, both Catholic and Protestant, um, on discipleship. What they found was that across the board, pretty much every single one of those those organizations said, yes, discipleship is our number one priority, absolutely, 100%. And so then they asked, okay, well, what do you do for discipleship? And the the biggest response they got was, well, you know, we're trying this new thing. We're trying this new thing. But nobody, nobody, not a single one of those organizations that they had researched had found something that could be used long term, that could be replicated, uh, which is, you know, you're... Uh, you disciple a group of people, and then they go out, and then they go out, and then they go out. Nothing that could be held long term, and that could be replicated. So they they studied um, like the small group style, which is you know what we kind of know as like the six to eight, um, six to eight to ten small group, and they studied the one on one group of you know just like me and you, me discipling you, and then they picked a number in the middle, like four or five. Um, what they found was that. Um, when it's when it's bigger, like the six to eight, there's um, it's harder to be open and it's hard to keep people accountable because there's so many. Um, and there is just, you know, these different issues. Um, and then when it was one on one, what they found was it was almost impossible to replicate because it was always student teacher and yeah. that student never learned how to teach, how to be a teacher. Um, and so when they when they looked at the in between group, the four to five people, specifically a group of four people, that was kind of the sweet spot of a wow. group of four people. So it would be like me and three others, exactly four, um, where they were able to hold each other accountable, meet consistently. They were able to replicate the group where it, you would basically so basically you you pray with a list of people that God might want you to be in this discipleship group with. Um, you tell them what this group is up front and say, you know, I, I want you to be in this group with me for 12 to 18 months. Give a, you know, 12 to 18 month timeline. We'll be in this group together for 12 to 18 months. And then at the end, 
you are going to go and do the same thing. And so before the group even starts, the people know this is what we're going to do. This is the point. And when this is done, I'm going to go out and do this. And the way that they prepared the people to go out and, um, and disciple was a third of the way in between, you know, the 12 to 18 months, a third of the way through, they would change the leader. So it wouldn't just be me leading the group for 12 to 18 months. I would lead it for like three months. And then we would rotate. Then, you know, the next person, they'll lead it for three months. So everyone has had a turn leading this group for. So going out and leading another one yes. is not going to be. It's not scary. in the wheel. Because you've done it before. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So when you talk about. I'm leading the group for right. three months. Can you give me a little idea yes. of what that would look like? Yes. So, Am um, I jumping ahead of you? Or No, no, okay. this is great. This okay. is exactly. Yeah, this is exactly. So um, so the they even have like, obviously this can be edited to whatever it is the group needs. But um, the way that they have their layout is the first half hour is, you know, What's your life like? Hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. How are you? How are you doing? Um, and you know, if you if you need to take up the the entire time because something is really wrong, or you know, you really just need to talk or vent or whatever, it's okay. Um, that's you know what you need for for that group. But um, that first at least half hour is everyone sharing. You know, what's your, what's your prayer like? What are you? What's what's your struggle? What are your joys? All that. Um, so everyone having a chance to kind of be vulnerable and share that for the first half hour. And then, um, so they, what they have for, I guess, curriculum, they've been using um, stuff by CCO, these uh, Bible studies by CCO. I know Steubenville is trying to, to develop their own, but really I think you can use pretty much anything. They, they've just found CCO, and I, I, I also know CCOs. I mean, what is CCO? Uh, CCO is Catholic Christian Outreach. Mm-hmm. It is a ministry based in Canada. Um, it's basically, like if you're familiar with Focus Ministries, mm-hmm. um, it's basically the grandfather of Focus. It, it um, started years and years and years ago in Canada and is similar to Focus, where they, um, they do college campus ministry and um, but their Bible study material is excellent for any age. It, it covers like everything and it's interesting and engaging for, for anybody. Um, and so that's what the, the Steubenville conference started using. And like I said, they are going to develop their own stuff because this is brand this is, you know, brand new, basically. So um, so they've been. So what they do is they have um, the people of the group read the material beforehand so that they can actually talk and discuss what they read at the group. And the rest of the time, hour, hour and a half, or no, hour, 45 minutes, something like that, um, is a discussion of this material. Um, And then obviously praying together and things like that. And then committing, we are going to meet every week on this day at this time. Um, And if one person can't make it, you still have the group. If two people can't make it, you don't have the group because mm-hmm. then it becomes, I mean, you could you like go out one-on-one for coffee kind of thing, but you don't like continue with the, the material kind of thing. Um, the, the other person that was kind of presenting was Deacon Ralph Pollo um, on the, at this session. And he said that he was part of a, a similar group and he has a story where uh, one guy didn't show up 
once to their meeting. So he and his buddies drove over to this guy's house and knocked on the door. And they're like, why aren't you a group? <laughs> and he was like, oh, uh, you know, some excuse. And they drag him out of his house and they put him in the car. And they're like, why didn't you, you know, what's the reason? And he said, well, you know, I messed up with this sin, this big sin that I'm struggling with. And they're like, no problem. So, you know, buckle, buckle him in the car, drive him down to their priest's rectory, knock on the door. Here. <laughs> they just mm-hmm. hand this guy to the priest and they're like, we'll be in the car. And so they, you know, were very like, we're holding you accountable. This mm-hmm. is like when you decide to, cut, to be part of this group, this is a commitment that you're making. And I mean, and he got to go to confession. And then afterwards, he's just like smiling, totally free. They could have their their group session. So, um, you know, it is a commitment, but you're walking through life with that person. And man, I'm so jealous. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, did they have any um, documentation of how the groups form? Is it sometimes... Uh or complete strangers, or so. Um, so they do have. Um, they did have documentation. So it's not complete strangers. Um, the example that they gave, uh, Christy Shearbaum, she is at the conferences at Franciscan. She uh, she tested this, you know, this out with her own life, and she had just moved to Atlanta. She was telling us a story, and she didn't hardly know anybody, but she was going to this Bible study, this woman's Bible study. And, you know, she was like, I've got to make this group, but I don't, I'm not really friends with any of these people. So uh, what they did was she wrote a list of names and just prayed about who to invite God. Like, who is it that you want me to invite to this group? And she said these three names of these ladies at her Bible study that she barely even knew came up. And she was like, you know, really nervous because she's like, I don't really, I don't really know them that well. Um, But then uh, she she goes to the Bible setting. She's really nervous. And she was like, God, you know, if, if this is what you want from me, then make it obvious and uh, make it clear that that's who you want. And she said that even one of the names on that list, she did, she knew there was a woman with that name in the group, but she didn't know who Which was. one it was. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And, um, and she said there was a point in time at the end where everybody left in the Bible study. And then she heard that name being called and it was one of the women that stayed. And then she looks and those three women are all there. It was just her and them. And she's like, this is my chance. Oh my Lord. And so she, I know it's God, you know? Uh-huh. And so she explained what this was, explained the commitment, asked them to pray about it and then followed up about a week later. Um, and, and, you know, and then, it, then it worked, you know, they did this for a while and then they went out understanding that's what they were going to do. And then they went out and they did it again. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, you went from four people to those four people, each having three more people. And then it, it you know, it, it goes on like this. So um, if anyone is listening and wants more information on this, um, Steubenville has c- documented all of this information. They have email templates for f- follow-up emails. They have uh, templates for everything. You can just kind of go through. Uh, so if you want to find if you want to find it online, it's steubenvillefuel.com or .org, one of those things. But the Steubenville Fuel has um, and and just go on uh, go on that website and click like quads or small or, or groups or something like that, micro group quad. Or call us, or and call we'll, together Red we'll find find out the answers. Uh, Jennifer, I just thank you so much. I'm not shocked that the time just flew by. 
I want to thank our listeners for being here with us and have a great day. You too. Talking, I'm